God of grace and truth and light. We give thanks for your presence that saturates our world. And we pray that we will experience that presence today in the reading and the hearing of your word to us. Amen. Luke 2, 41 through 52. Each year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to their custom. After the festival was over, they were returning home. But the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it. Naughty Jesus. Just kidding. They journeyed on for a full day while looking for him among their family and friends. When they didn't find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in a temple. He was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and putting questions to them. Everyone who heard him was amazed by his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were shocked. His mother said, Child, why have you treated us like this? Listen, your father and I have been worried. We've been looking for you. Jesus replied, Why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he said to them. Jesus went to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. His mother cherished every word in her heart. Jesus matured in wisdom and years and in favor with God and with people. This is the word of the Lord. Today is the second Sunday in the season of Christmas. It's day 10 of the 12 days of Christmas. And as I noted in my Christmas Eve sermon, we only get these 12 days to go from baby Jesus to adult Jesus. We miss all of the details of what Jesus was like as a child or a teenager. And this is due to the church calendar, as well as the the lack of scriptures about Jesus as a child. We really only have one story of what Jesus was like as a kid. Today's scripture from Luke, where Jesus and his family go to visit the temple. They visit, the extended family begins their journey back to Nazareth before realizing that Jesus is missing. Jesus' parents are traumatized and return to Jerusalem where they find Jesus in the temple, or as the 12-year-old Jesus calls it, his father's house. And as I read this, it, it made me wonder if the early church gathered every Christmas to, to retell the story of how Jesus was left home alone. I don't know. I mean, the plot's about the same. And more significantly, it's a story of a boy seeking independence from his family. A kid who's going through puberty, realizing that he is his own person and thinking that he doesn't really need his family. This also stands out, not just because I watched Home Alone like last week, um, but because I preached a sermon about how our story of faith doesn't mirror that church calendar where a baby turns into an adult in 12 days. Our spiritual journey looks much more like the development of a real human child. And we even have those teenage years where we want to reject everything that was passed down to us. This is a phase of 
spiritual development where we need to find space to, to figure out who we really are and what we really believe, and what the value of the church is to us, and what spirituality looks like in, in real life. And, and everyone experiences this differently, depending on our religious background, our spiritual preferences, and the amount of religious trauma or baggage we carry. Some folks need a lot of space, yet particularly if they're coming from an environment that wasn't healthy for them. But even if we had a healthy and supportive religious background, the like the teenage years of our spiritual development can be a little rough around the edges. Sometimes that's because people don't understand why we've changed or loved ones are hurt by our independence. Sometimes we assert our independence in ways that are harsh and abrasive to those who are genuinely seeking to love and support us. And, I, and I'm not trying to evaluate or judge this season of spiritual growth, but to learn how we navigate it and how Jesus navigated it. Because I see this, the sort of like brash individuation in, in you know, tween age Jesus. He doesn't ask his parents for space. He doesn't tell them he's going to stay in Jerusalem. He just leaves. They then spend three days thinking that they just lost the Messiah. And they're, they're overwhelmed when they see him. Mary asks him, son, why did you treat us like this? Your father and I have been worried sick. And Jesus is a little rough around the edges, a little harsh. He replies, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? But Jesus basically asks him, well, what's the matter with you? It's, uh, it's crushing and it's so familiar. I mean, how many teenagers have turned on their parents with disgust and ask them those same questions? I mean, I've, I've seen that so often that I can't help but imagine you know, teenage Jesus in that scene telling his parents, why are you following me? Gosh, leave me alone. You're not even my real dad. <sighs> it's, it's rough. And it's a part of life. And it's just one chapter of life, or in this case, just a few verses. The story continues on. A friend shared with me the story of a woman who had, had like a uh, accommodated her partner's addiction for years. She found independence from the, the consequences of her husband's drinking, and at first that was a little harsh. When her husband fell out of bed drunk, she was filled with pride that she went to sleep rather than doing the things she always did, which tried to drag him back into bed. Yet, in time, she learned to detach from his addiction with love. When he fell out of bed, she didn't 
accept the responsibility of getting him back in bed. But she covered him with a blanket. While remaining independent, she saw his humanity, that he was still a person deserving of love. And, and that's, that's, that's not a, a perfect example. I don't know if it, it, it quite fits, but it helped me see how we might create space for all of the emotions and experiences we find in the, the search for our spiritual self and how this process still leads us in the direction of love. Love is always the destination. Maybe that's a journey towards a more loving posture of folks who hurt us in our past or maybe it's a journey toward a more loving posture towards ourself. Maybe the journey is to trust that our beliefs and spirituality are just as valid and meaningful and biblical as the community that shaped us. But no matter where the road heads, it, it won't be a straight line. Spiritual growth isn't linear. And to me, it feels more cyclical haphazardly spiraling, yet somehow progressing towards a more authentic and more loving self. This is even what we see in Jesus. Yes, he was a bit harsh with his parents. Yes, he sassed his mother when she found him. But when he rejoins the family, Luke says Jesus is obedient and that his mother Mary cherishes his every word. It appears that he's reached the destination of love. But his journey isn't linear. His first miracle is performed because his mother tells him to go turn water into wine. Things seem great. But then later when his mother and brothers come to see him, he replies, who's my mother? Who are my brothers? Yeah, Jesus is making an important theological point about detaching from family to follow God. But it, it doesn't feel like he's detaching with love. Like a real human, Jesus' spiritual growth isn't straight and narrow. And yet, the destination is always love. In his last act on the cross, Jesus asks his friends to care for his mother, to make sure she's okay. Even though his journey is taking him away from her, his love for her doesn't wither or fade. And that is the path we journey down. We're molded in the image of someone who went on his own journey towards a more authentic, self and a more authentic faith. It's in our nature to take that journey ourselves. And as we do, we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, who always journeyed towards love. Amen.